Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you. Talk Recorded live. I've been taking this stuff on a regular basis for all 38 years. I've been studying the word. Still need it. Matter of fact, you know the truth. I still need all of this on a pretty regular basis. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Generosity, how's that going to help me? Oh, we'll take for selfishness. Wow. Just keep taking it till all symptoms are gone. You know what? I was so selfish and self-centered. And I was born again, baptized in the Spirit, and in ministry. And I was so selfish and self-centered. And I was so unhappy. And I didn't know why I was unhappy. I thought it was Dave's fault. I thought if my ministry would get bigger, I'd be happy. I thought if my back didn't hurt, I'd be happy. I thought if I had more money, I'd be happy. If my kids would act better, I'd be happy. Come on. And in one of my great prayer moments, I said to God, I don't know what's wrong with me, God. I go to church every week. I'm a greeter. I, I don't know why I'm so unhappy. And I'm telling you, you say what you want to about God talking to us or not talking to us. Some people get freaked out when you say God said, but God said to me. You are unhappy because you are selfish. So I started studying love. And I studied it, and I studied it, and I studied it, and I studied it, and I still study it. Learn to be a generous person. Don't do the least you can do. Do the most you can do, and do it on purpose. Close the medicine cabinet for a minute. Hebrews 4. You still with me? Is this getting beyond anybody's brain down into your spirit? For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Alive and full of power. There's one thing that gets the deadness out of us, and that's life. Making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. 
penetrating to the divining line of the breath of life, the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. Let me ask you a question. Sometimes when you turn the TV on and I'm preaching to you early in the morning, do you ever feel like that you're getting operated on? You're having some kind of soul surgery? That's what the Word does for me. It doesn't all make me feel gooey and squishy. Let me tell you something. When I first started really studying the Word, it was terrible because everything I read, I needed. I mean, I had a problem with all of it. Any sermon I heard, I went out condemned. I didn't know the difference between conviction and condemnation. So if I heard a message on you talk too much, mm-hmm. And then I'd make a plan, a fleshly plan. That's it. Tomorrow I'm not going to say a thing. And I'd go around the house. Mm -hmm. And then somebody would say, what's the matter with you? And I'd say, that's it. You know, if I talk too much, you don't like it. I won't talk at all. You don't like it. You know what that's called? Childish baby Christianity. I didn't know what I needed to do was say, yes, Lord, you are right. I am convicted. I do say a lot of things that are hurtful to people, a lot of things that are hurtful to me, and I want to change, and I'm asking you to change me, and I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to take my medicine. Come on, let me tell you something. You look up just every scripture in Proverbs on the mouth, and you'll start a big healing in your life. But you'll have to go back, back next week and take another dose of that, and you'll have to go back next week and take another dose of that. Come on. <laughs> you know, you know what I did today between the session? Well, I went and ate, which I enjoyed, but then I stopped at the store and I bought about seven items of clothing from a friend of mine. Now, I'm not trying to tell you how good I am, but I'm trying to tell you that's how I stay happy. Well, did you get anything for yourself? Yeah, I got a couple things for me too. But I'm just telling you the truth. I found out the only way to be happy is to be aggressively generous. And I don't wait to feel like it. I don't wait to want to. I do it every day on purpose because I wasted enough of my life being sad and mad, and now I want to be glad. So every day I get in here and I take a big spoonful of generosity. Oh, where'd it go? Come on. Oh, my There it is. I was going to have to run to the bookstore and get some more. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? I challenge you, if you, if you know, if you're selfish, admit it. How many of you are selfish? Thank you. How many of you are perfect and don't need anything I'm saying tonight? <laughs> Mm. 
Wow. Holy Ghost energy. Take for laziness as often as needed. <laughs> Until every symptom is gone. Woo! Refilling unlimited, Dr. Jesus. Man, uh-oh. <laughs> Wisdom. Take for stupidity as often as needed. You know, how can you be a Christian and be bored? I mean, if you really get into this thing with all your heart, and you get a goal, I want to grow up, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be transformed into his image. I want him to be proud of me. I'm not here just to get my way. I'm here to serve God. He's coming back for me, and I'm going to stand in front of him and give an account of my life. It's time to get rid of our baby bottles, our diapers, and our pacifiers. It's time to grow up and be men and women of God. At least, if you are going to not take your medicine and stay sick on purpose, own up to it and say, I'm in the mess I'm in because I just don't want to change. Yeah, let me give you an example. You know, I recall one time Dave and I having an argument, and I got so mad at him. Uh, he hurt my feelings, and you know how it is. You're going to go into every room of the house except where they're at. And you don't talk anymore. You only grunt. You're not about to cook anything they like or wear anything they like or anything else. And I've been there, done that, not interested in doing that again. And so I went into my office. I got down on the floor and I put that out in front of me. And I laid down and I said, Now, God, I'm not getting up until you give me the grace to go out of this room and go out there and act like nothing happened. I refuse to leave until you give me the grace to forgive him. And you know what? I didn't have to look up very many scriptures, and I'm pretty familiar with where they're all at. And pretty soon I thought, I think the medicine's working. Thank God. Honey, what would you like to watch on TV tonight? Can I get you something to drink? I'm telling you what, I did not have the ability to do it. But there's grace and power in the Word of God. It is medicine for your soul. And if you'll stop just trying to do it yourself and go to God expecting the Word to do the work in you. Okay, it may take some of you a while to catch up, so i got some more help for you. Not only do we need to study the Word and know the Word and meditate on the Word, we need to speak the Word. You need to, to know enough to be able to speak the Word of God out loud. 
all throughout the day when you're in a proper place to do it. God loves me. My sins are forgiven. There's no guilt and condemnation. I'm expecting good things to happen today. But I've done your homework for you. We call this the purple book. I don't know why, but just because it's purple. That's why we call it the purple book. And it's called The Secret Power of Speaking God's Word Out Loud. See, they got this book. So this is little. I mean, you know, ladies, you can carry it in your purse. Guys, you can put it in your briefcase, put it in the glove box in the car, whatever. And I, this is, I have divided this up into categories where when you're having an attack, <laughs> you got your medicine right here. Anger, anointing, anxiety, worry, authority, compromise, civic responsibility, confessions, confidence. Okay, let's just go, hmm, I'm feeling kind of like, don't have much confidence today, I'm feeling really insecure, and I got to apply for this job, and I'm really kind of afraid. Let, let's see. There it is. I put this in first-person confessions for you. So here you go. I'm determined and confident. I am not afraid or discouraged, for the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. With your help, O oh God, I can advance against a troop, and with my God, I can scale a wall. I trust, lean on, rely on, I am confident in the Lord, and I will do good. So shall I dwell in, the, in his land and feed truly on his faithfulness. My heart is fixed, O oh God, my heart is steadfast and confident. I will sing and rejoice in the Lord. And you just keep taking this medicine and taking this medicine and taking this medicine until all of a sudden... Are you with me? You get up in the morning. Oh, Jesus, help me. Anxiety, worry, fretfulness, as often as needed until all symptoms are gone. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, gosh, I think that's what I think it is, what comes in blue bottles. <laughs> oh, mercy, I think that's for the D word. I'm not going to take that. What do you do if you get up in the morning and you feel like a truck ran over you? You. Go find that medicine bag. How many of you have to take medicine every day? How many of you take it? Uh, if you forget it, have you ever gone back home to get it? Mm. If you run out, you go get it refilled. You make sure you get there before the drugstore closes. Come on, we're pretty radical. 
if we got something that we think is going to eliminate our pain, well, all I'm asking is let's get just even halfway as radical about our soul poisons as we are about the things that make us miserable in the flesh and start really looking at the Word of God like it is medicine for your soul. Listen to this. I got so much stuff here, I could preach a 40-part series. Isaac Leeser's translation of Exodus 15:26 says, I am the Lord your physician. The medicine I prescribe is my word. Meditate on the word. Speak the word. Matthew 7:24. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon a rock. Let's see verse 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and yet it did not fall. We do not have to be one little iota afraid of the times we're living in. If you have built your house on the rock, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Next verse, please. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. The three little pigs. Once upon a time, there were three little pigs. (laughs) One pig built a house out of straw, while the second pig built his house with sticks. They built their houses very quickly. Very quickly. In and out. 45-minute church service. Don't want to stay any longer than that. Two songs. Preach me a 15-minute message. I've done my duty. Let's go. Hurry up. Got to get to McDonald's. They built their houses very quickly, and then they sang and danced all day because they were lazy. The third little pig worked hard all day and built his house with bricks. A big bad wolf saw two little pigs while they danced and played, and he thought, what juicy, tender meals they will make. He chased the two pigs, and they ran and hid in their houses. The big bad wolf went to the first house, and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. The frightened little pig ran to the second pig's house, and that was made of sticks, and the big bad wolf now came to this house, and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. Now the two little pigs were terrified, and they ran to the third pig's house that was made of bricks. And the big bad wolf tried to huff and puff and blow the house down, but he could not. He kept crying for hours, but the house was very strong, and the little pigs were safe inside. He tried to enter through the chimney, but the third little pig boiled a big pot of water. He kept it below the chimney, and the wolf fell into it, and he died. 
The two little pigs now felt sorry for having been so lazy. They, too, built their houses with bricks, and they all lived happily ever after. Revelation 19. Beginning in verse 11. read this this morning when I was studying. I wanted to stand right up in my hotel room and shout out loud. And after that, I saw heaven opened. Behold, a white horse appeared. The one who was riding it is called faithful, trustworthy, loyal, incorruptible, steady, and true. And he passes judgment and he wages war in righteousness, holiness, justice, and uprightness. His eyes blaze like a flame of fire. And on his head are many kingly crowns and diadems. And he has a title, a name inscribed, which he alone knows or can understand. He's dressed in a robe, dyed by dipping in blood, and the title by which he is called is the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. And the title by which he is called is the Word of the Living God. And Christ, the Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And the Holy Spirit anointed men to write what we call the Bible, which nobody has ever been able to get rid of or destroy. They kept it locked up for a long time. It was called the Dark Ages. No wonder they were called the Dark Ages because they had hidden the light of the world. But as God always does, he broke out. (laughs) He broke out. Let me tell you, God's going to break out again in our society. Because nobody's going to get rid of God. You can't really expel God from school. You can't really get him out of anything because he owns everything and is everything. And I, for one, have made my decision. I will love the Word. I will live by the Word. I will eat the Word. I will meditate on the Word. I will study the Word. I will speak the Word. Because it is the medicine that I need for all the poisons in my soul, and it is what you need also for the poison in your soul. Come on, let's make a commitment to love the Word like never before. Everyday life is often a blend of good times and difficult moments. You can depend upon God's immeasurable help. Joyce's four-part CD series, How to Release God's Power in Your Life, is especially useful when your challenges seem more than you can handle. For a donation of $25 or more, you'll receive Joyce's four-part audio series, How to Release God's Power in Your Life, by calling our toll-free number 1-800-727-9673. We all need inspirational reminders, and our Enjoying Everyday Life reusable decals make it easy to view on any flat surface, whether the message is just for you or for everyone to see. And the best part is that the three decal packet is free upon request by calling our toll-free number 1-800-727-9673 or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. At the 2015 Love Life Women's Conference, 
you'll discover that the road you're on is one filled with possibilities. It's a road that will renew your mind, mouth, moods, and attitudes. So get ready to rethink what's possible with messages by Joyce Meyer. One little act of unselfish obedience can start a series of miracles in your life that you will never get over. Craig Rochelle. When you meditate on him and you're worried about tomorrow, suddenly you realize he's already in tomorrow. And Darlene Trapp. has drawn near to God, and he will draw near to you. And I don't know about you, but I want to draw near to God because I need him to draw near to me. And worship with Christy Knuckles, Anthony Evans Jr., and Matt Redmond. Come discover the roadmap to the beautiful life God has for you in St. Louis, Missouri, September 17th through the 19th. Register today and save 15%. by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. When you wind up in the wilderness and the devil starts acting up and stuff starts going down in your life, you'll lift your hands up and you'll say, thank you for the sign. I'm on the brink of a breakthrough and I'm ready for my promised land. I'm on the edge. Coming this March, Destined to Win with TVN host Frank Santora. Fridays at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific. What can we be sure of in this life? Is there absolute unchanging truth? Are you looking for answers to tough scientific questions? My book, Scientific Facts in the Bible, offered for your gift to TBN, is the place to start. I'll show you what the Bible says about scientific design, the universal flood, and the origin of the sexes, and how it explains astronomy, archaeology, history, and the theory of evolution. Send your gift to TBN, P.O. Box A, Santa Ana, California, 92711, or give online. I think that most people don't understand that when God gave the instructions on what to build for him, from the Ark of the Covenant to the, to the temple, to Solomon's temple, it was all palatious. It, from, even with the ephod of, of the priest. Yeah, 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 all the big diamonds. And, and they, they were weighted down by precious stones, by gold, and this was how they had to serve God, from the plates in the tabernacle to the whole nine yards. It was all overlaid with gold. It was pure gold. And, 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 the, and the diamonds and the rubies and the sapphires. And people don't see God in this life. They don't see this type of God. But in order to worship him, these were the mandates of how he wanted his things constructed. And it shouldn't be any different here. I love it. 
Up next, stay tuned for All Things Are Possible with John Michael Talbot on the Church Channel. John Michael. All things are possible with God, and we're going to be looking at the joy of the gospel. We're going to look at some of the obstacles to that joy. We'll see you back here soon. Take care. Howdy, everybody. This is John Michael. We've been looking at the joy of the gospel, an apostolic uh, exhortation that Pope Francis wrote, encouraging us to embrace the joy of the gospel. But it's also a, it's a, it's a document that has some teeth. He also mentioned some obstacles. And in this program, we're going to be looking at some of those obstacles. I want to look at it from two different levels. I want to look at it from the theological level, and the Pope lists two in the document and a third in another uh, uh, teaching that he gave to the bishops of Central America. And so we're going to be talking about neo-Gnosticism, neo-Pelagianism, and clericalism as obstacles to the Church's mission. If it's substance for what we're hoping for, and I can't see your hope, if it is the substance of the thing I hope for, if it is the evidence of things not seen, then faith must be demonstrated. And we're talking about demonstrations of faith. How many of you have faith? Oh, that's a good thing. That's wonderful. What we're going to explore tonight is how do you think that faith is best demonstrated? Because it occurs to me tonight that one of the great controversies that existed in Scripture that is still relevant today is how do you demonstrate your faith? Is it by your baptism? Is it by your communion? Is it by your clothing? Is it by your cleansings? Is it by your ceremonial washings? How is your faith demonstrated. How do you demonstrate your faith? And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said unto them, and he said unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with an anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. He stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. 
Now, what is a hand? It's a symbol of power. It's what we reach with. It's what we grasp with. So his power is withered. His reach is withered. His grasp is withered. And he's in the synagogue with a withered hand. That means he sees stuff he can't reach. That means he wants stuff he can't hold on to. <laughs> means he wants to move stuff that he doesn't have the power to move. His heart is not withered. His leg is not withered. His eyes are not blind. His ears are not deaf. His hand is withered. His reach is withered. His grasp is withered. His power is withered. This is the only time in the New Testament amongst all the miracles, people and blind people and lame people, lepers and disease-infested people, people with blood diseases and even emotional disorders. This is the only time in the gospel that we see a man with a withered hand. Isn't that ironic? After this day in the field, we come in the house and we see this man with a withered hand. Can't reach, can't grasp, can't move. And the man is seated in the synagogue, in a synagogue that has lost its power, in a synagogue that has lost its reach, in a synagogue that has lost its grasp, is not this man an illustration of the synagogue he's sitting in? Is this man not outwardly what the synagogue is inwardly? Isn't it true that they have lost their ability to reach, grasp, and to move? Isn't it true that their traditions have made the word of God of no effect? The synagogue is still there, but hasn't it lost its reach, grasp, and its ability to move? And isn't that why they are jealous with Jesus in the first place? Because isn't Jesus the arm of God? Who have believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isn't Jesus God stretched to humanity? And the more God stretches out to humanity, the more religion has 
see a stretching God before a withering church. So when Jesus entered into the synagogue, it was God stretching out, stretching out to a synagogue who had a withered And the only time in the New Testament hand is in a withered synagogue before leaders with withering intelligence. The withering intelligence of the Pharisees combines with the withering indifference of the synagogue and embodies itself with one man with a withered hand. And I'll show you and I'll prove to you that the synagogue is withered because they do not see the need of the man. So there they are. Lord, have mercy. This is starting to bless me right now. Esteeming their principles more important than the person. They are willing to let the man remain withered for the sake of the principle rather than to extend the principle to serve the, the bondage of the man. And here comes the word made flesh and walks in the room. And here he is standing before a withered hand. Here Jesus is an outstretched arm before a withered hand and religion jumps right in between them and says, wait a minute, it's the Sabbath day. Y'all don't hear me. This man is the synagogue. And Jesus comes in the synagogue again to stretch out to them. And their interpretation of scripture causes them to wither from an opportunity to experience the Messiah. How many times is God extending to you an opportunity? And you miss the opportunity because your mentality withers away from God's promise stretched out to you. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. I don't know who I'm teaching for tonight, but the arm of the Lord is revealed unto you. He's stretching out towards you. He's given you opportunity. He's given you days. He's given you chances. He's given you chances to experience the power of God. And whatever is withered in your understanding of God or your understanding of yourself, the Lord sent me here tonight to say that God wants to heal your withered understanding of yourself, your withered perception of God, your withered fear about your situation. God is saying to you who have been limited, stretch forth your hand. If you are going to experience 
What God has for you, you have to stretch beyond your limitations. You have to stretch beyond your opinions. You have to stretch beyond your revelation and go where you have never gone before so you can do what you have never done before. Slap somebody and say, stretch out. Stretch. Stretch out. Stretch out. Stretch out. Stretch out. This is your chance to stretch. If you don't stretch, you're going to be where you've always been. If you don't stretch, you're going to stay in the same condition. If you don't stretch, you're going to sit in the same chair. If you don't stretch, you're going to have the same job. If you don't stretch, you'll never get out of your predicament. It is time for you to stretch. Stretch in how you think. Stretch in how you function. Stretch in how you perceive yourself. You're playing it too close. You're playing it too close. You're playing it too close. Do you hear what I said? You're playing it too close. And the only reason God showed up was to create an atmosphere for you to stretch. Pull your neighbor and say, stretch. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. I dare you to try to be the man you want to be. I dare you to try to do what you have never done before. I dare you to leave your past behind and go into the final frontier where miracles occur. I dare you to press over the pain and stretch into the possibilities. I dare you to deny the bonelessness, the frailty of the tissue, the body at rest, and with nothing but the words, do it anyway. Slap somebody and say, this is your year. Before I die in a cage, I want to run in the wild. To understand what it is to be a pastor. They can hear the life-changing message that... Uh, and the education. You're frustrated about something that's just an incubator to take you to the next dimension. Now we're going to grow and go to global missions. No more limits, no more boundaries. To register for this international gathering, visit pastorsandleaders.org or call 1-800-BISHOP-2. Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Wait a minute. He never healed him. He challenged him. He challenged the man <laughs> with the withered hand to do something that people with withered hands shouldn't be able to do. He didn't lay hands on him. He didn't anoint him with all. He just gave him an opportunity to stretch. I don't know who this is for, but God is giving you an opportunity. Woo. My God, don't put it on me because I'll tell you, I'll turn this Bible class into a revival tonight. The call to the man with the withered hand, challenges him to do something that the man with the withered hand has not historically been able to do. Not to grasp, not to reach, 
not to move. Now, this is a demonstration of faith. Faith is the substance. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I did a little research on withered hands. And people with withered hands not only don't have muscle, they don't have the bone, the substance to stretch. The whole thing is withered like this. But since faith is... Lord, you're asking me to stretch, and I don't have nothing to stretch with. And God is saying, stretch out on my word. I don't have the money for this. I don't have the degree for this. I don't have the background for this. I don't have the training for this. And yet I'm being challenged to do something that I've never done before. My daddy never did it. My mama never did it. My auntie never did it. I don't have the resources that I can see to accomplish the challenge before me. And yet God has given me an opportunity to stretch. So I left the theologist and went to the therapist. And the therapist told me, the theologist said that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The therapist said to the theologist, well, if you do stretch, stretching hurts. You see, a body at rest at rest. And since this hand has never been stretched, the first time it's going to hurt, but you got to stretch over the pain to be free from the past. So, <clears throat> what do we get out of this? We get that it hurts to stretch, but we must stretch anyway. It hurts when you're insecure, when you're intimidated, when you have low self-esteem, and you have an opportunity that requires that you have a courage that is not historically in your personality. It hurts to stretch. You say, well, this is not me. That's not true. Just because you've never done it before doesn't mean it's not you. God is challenging you to discover stuff you won't know you have because of... Oh, God. And one more thing. I'm, I want you to understand. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. When he said it, the hand was still with it. It didn't get healed till the man tried to do what Jesus said. Hearing the word will not heal you, but doing the word. Touch three people and say, I dare you to try. <clears throat> I dare you to try to be the man you want to be. I dare you to try to do what
what you have never done before. I dare you to leave your past behind and go into the final frontier where miracles occur. I dare you to press over the pain and stress into the possibilities. I dare you to deny the bonelessness, the frailty of the tissue, the body at rest, and with nothing but the word, do it anyway. Slap somebody and say, this is your year to do it anyway. What, none of that is what impressed me. What impressed me is that the challenge comes and the stretching comes not only in the midst of pain, but in an environment of criticism. At the same time the man is stretching, the critics are criticizing, letting me know that I don't have to have your support to stretch out. I can stand there with you quoting scriptures against me, but if God be for me, stop your neighbor and say stretch while they're talking about you. Stretch while they're arguing with you. Stretch while they're debating whether you can do it or not. You don't need the Pharisees to say amen for you to be able to stretch out your hand. Somebody who's under fire and been up under attack. The Lord sent you here tonight to tell you that the Pharisees do not have power over your predicament. Let them say whatever they want. When God says stress, stress. The reason that's important to me, I know where two or three are gathered together in his name, that he's in the midst. I know if any two agree as touching anything, it shall be done. But there was no agreement. He stretched in disagreement and got his miracle. And I don't know why the Lord wanted me to teach this tonight, but in the middle of the disagreement, stretch anyway. My God. Stretched it. Say that. And he stretched it. And his hand was restored. Sit down. I'm just talking. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees got mad. Verse 6. Went forth. Straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Verse 7, but Jesus, who 
confronted their withered intelligence, their withered understanding of Scripture, walked into the temple to find the man with the withered hand. Verse 7, we see a withering Jesus who withdrew himself from the synagogue. So Jesus, who was stretched out, found a man with the withered hand. The man with the withered hand has now stretched out his hand. And when that man with the withered hand stretched out his hand, Jesus withdrew from the synagogue. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you. Jesus stretches himself out to you for a moment. Seize that moment before he withdraws. Because the only thing he came healed was you. Not your critics. But I tell you what, he might not have come to heal nobody else. But if you read on down, everybody started following him. <laughs> there was a multitude of people who started following Jesus who suddenly realized that the withering of the synagogue could never heal their need. And they followed Jesus in the way. I got to stop there. It's a big subject. It's way too big for the little time I have to talk to you. But I pray that it will be the catalyst of uh, stirring you to study, to dig into the Word of God, and really to find out, is your faith active in your life, or is it uh, segregated to a Sunday morning experience? Do you really have authentic faith that affects the way you treat people, the way you interact with people every day? If God reads your faith in your behavior, what will he read? Huh. Something to think about. I want to thank our partners and our supporters before I close. Thank you for keeping me on the air without your support. You see that little bit I send every month? Listen, it makes a difference. Thank you so much for caring so that I can care for those that God cares for. God bless you. Be blessed. Christ came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The mystery and the majesty is that you don't have to work for this. God's provision is never limited. Your river is dried up, but God said, I already got a plan for you. I already have made provisions for you. Learn how you can receive all that God has in store for you. For your gift of any size, you will receive Feed What Feeds You on CD when you visit our website or call 1-800-BISHOP-2. I'm going to bless you according to your appetite. Let me find somebody that's hungry for whatever. And for your gift of $70 or more, you'll receive abundant supply on DVD. Whatever little bit you got, you need to use it and let God open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. 
However, when your gift is $125 or more, you will receive abundant supply on DVD, a blessed mug, and note card set. I refuse existence. I will not just exist. I will live. I didn't come to make you religious. I came to make you alive. Plentiful blessings await you today, and God will provide in abundant supply. God says whatever is withered in you, on you, or around you, He says, I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to call you to function in the area of your dysfunction. You do it. Stretch for your Your marriage can be exciting and fun because of our differences, we can become one. John and Lisa Bavilla return with new insight. Tomorrow on Joni. Did you know that making a donation to Daystar could help reduce your taxes? And what you donate is up to you. Call, log on, or email gifts at daystar.com. Where we laugh, we play games, we share stories, and you'll always leave encouraged. So join us behind the scenes in the green room. Yo, yo, yo. <clears throat> no, I'm no, stretching. I'm stretching. Stretch. Good morning. Four. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, people of God. How you bees? How you bees? I'm on the living. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> get off that. I get off that one. I'm on the living. All righty now. How can you convince someone to pray? How can you convince them to pray? What do you mean, how can you convince them? How can you minister to someone to pray? Maybe they don't understand what prayer is about and what's the purpose of it. Okay, so when you explain that to them and they have seen the goodness of God work in your life, and oh, this is hard. It's so hard. And life circumstances have consumed them. How can you convince them to pray? Well, first of all, you can't convince them. Okay. So you have to understand that. What only mm-hmm. thing you can do is be a witness. Be a seed dropper and explain and, pr- and okay. intercede on behalf of them. But you can't convince them. Okay. Well, they, it, I know faith is in believing. I understand that. 
and 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 not because I, I guess I used the wrong word wrong wrong and wrong and, and, and wrongness. I mean, well, no, no, I mean, but but no, I I think is we can't change anybody's heart. Yeah. God, God can't change anybody. Well, no, He doesn't you change. You have to want heart. to change. That's the thing. You got to want to change. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's what. So, but what you can do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really understand what prayer is, and I'm talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. Don't understand what prayer is. That's why mm-hmm. I say, you know, you explain to them that basically it's a communication. Mm-hmm. Just like we talk, you know, it's a communication to you and God. And if they don't believe in God or understand that, then they will be less likely to pray. Now, a lot of times you can break, depending on what, how they're receptive or where they're at, you know, because I've even gotten on people on the line who want, I want to have my silent prayer. Well, yeah, that's nice and well, but you have to understand that when you speak things, that you're bringing things out. I'm not against silent prayer, but you need to have an understanding of what you're doing. That's why and how things will form. So I'm saying just begin to explain things to them, teach them what prayer but you know, is. But, but you about. know what, Sam? You say that, but when, when, when you see someone say, I see... Um, what you have, what what's been going on in your life? I said, uh, uh, what, how how you have struggled, but I saw how I, I mean, this has been noticed how you your, your through your struggle you came out, and I said, well, no, that's the grace of God. That's so what I'm trying to tell you that case and see that the Lord is good. I said because I, I I've been through some stuff, but I still lean onto Him who is able to keep you from falling. And that's what you have to under, grasp and understand, that if you keep it in your hand, if you keep it in man's hand, it won't prosper. But if you give it to God, it'll prosper. It'll grow. And you have to leave it there. You can't just keep picking it up, picking it up, picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, putting it down, because you're not growing. If you do that, you're not giving it to God. You're not really believing it, that God can help you and fix it. So, it's, I mean, well, what well, you just I, said, baby? Uh, <laughs> what what you just said is it? Exactly what you said is exactly and, what. And I said that, and then it's like, I'm no, see, no, no. see, remember, see no, no. time. Okay. See you're dropping seeds. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still, but but from all of that, I'm still I, 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 waiting what, for that. What were your own person. words trying to take it back in your own hand? No, from the person. Is what I'm worried and, and baby, I'm scared. Baby, and, and baby I'm, I understand what you said about the person, but I'm trying to get you to see you doing the same thing. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just telling what he said after I said all that. Hey, wait, wait. You just said all of the, all of what you said, and I'm assuming that's what you said to the person, right? Yes, yes, that's right. Okay, leave it alone. After you get done, leave it alone. Now, what you do is you go pray for them, and then when the Holy Spirit pricks your heart, then you'll drop another seed, but you pray, well, you leave it alone. You pray for them. That's what I've been them. doing. I've been bagging up. Once I drop the nugget, I, I'm honestly being honest, that's I drop that nugget. That's and I, it. You know, and I, you know, I that's drop it. that nugget. That's I have, it. I, and that's what I've been doing, dropping nuggets. You drop it, because see what happens so many times is we'll bash people over the head and we'll beat it, and that will honestly push them away, and that's actually right. scriptural too. I where it is, but that that that'll push them away. That's and that's what I did. Drop the nugget and back off. That's it. That's it. 
That's uh, it. And in your, and in your yeah. private time, you pray for them. You lift them up and you leave them. And trust and believe that will work more powerful than anything else. Because, see, you're not beating them. They got no. an experience for themselves. And once they, because, see, they keep, they're going to keep coming back to you because yeah, they yeah. See, work, see something different. They see something working in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, because last night it was like, I can't sleep. I can't, I can't sleep. I cannot sleep. I'm, a, I'm afraid. And I said, this is the time that you give it to God. There you this go. But he wants you at, to have to talk to him. This is your time right now. In this moment that you're in, talk to him. Give it to him. Pray with him. Ask him to help you. And I left it alone. That's it. I left it alone. Because when you get to that point, when your back is against the wall, all you have to do is call, Hallelujah! Oh, Lord! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, God! For the team is stepping, be in me. Going go before me and giving me the right words to feed your people, God. Oh, my God. Thank you, God. Whew! Jesus. Mm. Mm. Plant the seed. <laughs> Feed your people, God. Mm. That's what he wants us to do. And watch it grow. And when it comes when it becomes personal and close to home, then you have to go in, go in, go in, go in for your people and yourself. Because the balance can shift. But you got to give it to him to help shift it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah to your name, dear Jesus. What are y'all doing? I just, I, just, I just thought I wanted to just throw that out there this morning. I just, whoo, mess my makeup up, honey. I'm looking beautiful. Y'all mess me up this morning. But anyway, good morning, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you, you always look beautiful. I know, I know. I'm, I'm always fat, baby. Ow! Pretty <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It's all on the inside. Hallelujah. And it's poured mm. out on the outside. That's the beautiful that's, that that's now. the beauty of it all. That's the beauty of it all. When you can when your inside can be shown on your outside, oh hallelujah. Oh God. Thank you, God. Mm. And that's every day twenty four seven. Who once you know, like I said, once you know who you are. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I didn't have no doubt. This morning when I rose, yeah. <laughs> Woo! And you know what you know, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> y'all doing? God is so good to me. I tell you. I tell you. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would we be? I'm not going to be selfish. Where would we be if it had not been for the Lord on our side? Tell me where would we be? Where would we be? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father God, as I thank you this morning and wake up to this day with thanksgiving in my heart. And a hallelujah in my spirit, God, I thank you once more again to wake up and look up. Hallelujah to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I wake up with, this morning with a mind of stayed on him. 
each and every day, God. As we travel this journey with you, hand in hand, God, waiting on you to do your will and to do your way, God, and be those instruments that continually play in your fine, holy orchestra, God. I thank you for the men and women today who's on this call, dinner, just seeking your faith for their own individual answered prayers, God, because we know you're going to answer in your own divine timing. So I'm going to lift them up right now in the name of Jesus with the spirit of joy, peace, love, and happiness in their lives today, God. Because only you know what's going on with us right now, God. And right now I lay, we lay it at your feet because our, our blessings are on the way, God. Thank you, God, for this day. And as the words and the prayers go forth for the men and women of God to be heard, let, they, let them ingest it and digest it into their spirit, man, so they can be again to pour it out into the world, God, to show other men, women, boys, and girls that you are the reason for this season that we're in and this journey that we're walking on, God. And I thank you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, for the peace within me that surpasses all understanding. So let the naysayers come. Let the enemy come. I am ready to fight the battle with you, with them, God, with you in the front of mine. In Jesus' name, I humbly submit this prayer to you, and I say amen, amen, and amen. Mm. <laughs> if it is, it had not been <laughs> for the Lord on my side, tell me well. Would I be, hallelujah, where would I be? You know, he kept my enemies away. <laughs> he let the sun shine through a cloud of day. He rocked me in the cradle of his arms. <laughs> and I knew I had been sheltered from the storm. Hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord on my side. Tell me where would I be? Where would I be? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, sweet his name. I know people. And I will share him wherever I go because I was created to worship him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. How's y'all day today? How y'all morning doing? Y'all know in the great getting up morning fairly well, fairly well. How y'all doing today? Because I don't want no rocks to cry for me. <laughs> no rocks to cry for me. Because I'm going to speak these things as they are and going to be. Hallelujah. And I'm going to speak into the atmosphere for me and thee. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all get quiet. Y'all want to talk this morning. Baby, the mouth of the South got the stage with. You know what? Go God ahead and run a, with it, baby. Listen here. God is a good God and he's worthy to be praised. Praise him. You know what? I'll <laughs> praise him all that. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Oh, praise him. Jesus, blessed Savior, he's worthy to be praised. Praise him, praise him, praise him, oh praise 
Jesus, blessed Savior, he's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun. <laughs> Ow! Hallelujah to your name. He's worthy to be praised. So praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Now praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. God is my rock, hope of a salvation, a strong deliverer. In him will I always trust. Hallelujah. That's why I praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Jesus, blessed Savior, he's worthy to be praised. Mm. So worthy to be praised. Thank you, God, for being the rock and the hope that's built on nothing less. Oh, hallelujah to your name. Woo! <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. It's good to know him. It's good to feel his presence. It's good to be the child of the most high king. So we're going to store those riches in heaven by doing thus what he stands for us to do. Even when we know that, oh, Lord, I don't want to do it, Lord Jesus, we have those moments, but we do it anyhow because we know it comes from him, and he won't fail. So I will continue to um, work in the vineyard and and, and till my soil and plant my seeds everywhere I go. Because somewhere somebody's going to say, well, Maria said, Maria told me, Maria gave me a blessing, or Sam, or Erica, or or Mark, or or, or Arthur, or Fannie Marie, or Cheryl, or Sherry, or Reggie. We continue to, to sow our sow our, our harvest, our till our soil, and continue to sow because that's what God wants us to do. And plant those seeds in our families, plant those seeds in our friends, even plant those seeds in the ones who want to know God but don't know how to get Him. Continue to plant a seed. Continue to sow your your soil and plant that seed, and they'll grow, and it'll grow, and yours will grow with theirs. Because you're planting the seed that God wants you to plant. Oh, hallelujah. So I thank you, God, for the seed sowers, the seed planters, and the sowers on this call who continue to sow seeds in me, and I sow seeds in them. Because we're tilling that soil of the great harvest. Hallelujah. And it's something to shout about. Because I've been through too much not to worship him. We've all been there. We've all had the shirt, the keychain, and the in, in, in a car tag. We all have it. But thank God he brought us to and through to go and give it to somebody and share and sow with somebody else's harvest with them to put that seed, the seed of obedience, the seed of obedience. So when you walk in, the, in God's light and it's ever so shiny in your life, then you know without a shadow of doubt he's right there. People will see him before they see you. So I thank God for the seed, so the seed in the soil soil on this line today. May you be ever so blessed in your walk with God. Let me feel with his presence in your life today. Amen, amen, and amen.
and I speak these things into the atmosphere, not into my heart and my into the back of my mind. It's into the atmosphere that I speak these things. I thought I was going to get fast this car. But right now, God, I speak it. I speak it into the atmosphere. Because I know you was able to keep me from falling each and every day. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. How y'all doing? Don't get quiet. <laughs> oh, don't be get quiet on me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm. You Bro, want me you... to sing with you, baby? Huh? You want me to sing with you, baby? No, 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 boo. No. Well, you no. don't want me to be quiet now, so I'm just, you know. <laughs> oh. Mm. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And hastened to Regards. Hallelujah. Long as I live, I trouble to rise. I'll hate them too. Yes. Hey, would you, um, that's how I remember to pray for a daughter. Lift up Bobby Christina again. I don't know what's, what's going on, but look, we've been praying for her lately. Every time I hear her mama sing, I get prompted to pray for her. So would you go ahead and pray for her, please? Dear Heavenly Father God, as I bow down before your throne of grace, God, I lift up to you, Bobby Christina, God. God, you know what's going on, and I pray that you continue to move, move and heal her, God, right now in the name of Jesus. We don't know what's happened. We're not worried about what happened, God, but we want you to heal this angel, God. Go ahead and heal this young lady, God, because she has a lot of work to do, God. Yes, yes, yes. She has a lot of work to do right now on this earth, God. And to be snipped like a weed for 21 years, God. We know that you can heal her. We know that you turn things around, that, that, that the miracle can take place right now in the name of Jesus with her. Let the people see your hand move right now. All of the doctors say that the situation is bleak, God, but you know, you are the great the great I am. You are the one who will turn yeah. things around. Let the eyes have not seen the ears have not heard the yeah. miracle. Let this young lady be the miracle that opened the eyes of the ones who don't know you. Open the eyes of the ones who, who don't believe. Open the eyes of the ones who need to know you, God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I lift her up and lay her at your feet for the healing to take place. Thank you, Father. Let the healing and mending take place in this young woman's life so she can be that testimony to share. Whoosh, yes, yes, yes. That I was at the brink, but my daddy brought me back. Be that witness. Be that living testimony. That living testimony to go out and share with the world. But sister, we're all, we're all the world's eyes yes. on her right now, God. So right now, lose her as the example and let her rise up like a Lazarus. Hallelujah. From the yes, ashes God. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I lift it to you, God. Move, yes, move, yes. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and let the family draw strips of me up each other, opposed to tearing each other down. God, 
Yes. Let this, let this situation that they're in build them stronger as a family unit opposed to tearing them down, God. Speak it. Use, it, use her as an instrument to bring them together. Did it go and right? And not tear them apart in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I do humbly submit this young lady to you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. To be that living sacrifice, to be that, that, that to be that ram in the bush, God, right now. Mm. And in Jesus' name, I honestly submit this prayer to you and say, Amen, yes, yes, yes. Amen, and yes. Amen. Jesus. Uh, 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 uh. Mm. Take these pictures of this young lady. Mm. Uh, you know, but God knows everything. He knows the when, how, and yes. why. <laughs> yes, yes. Speak it. Speak it. Speak. He knows it all. Speak it. So all he has to do is touch that Emma, touch her. <laughs> Speak it, yes. <laughs> and the world would change because mm. everybody's seeing the negative. Yes, yes. Of the situation and not the positive. Yes. Trying to figure out the what, when, where, and why, but only God knows because he knows, yes, he knows. Hallelujah. All about that. Mm. And that's what we pe- we as a people need to leave it right there in God's hand because there's nothing we can do yeah. but wait on him. Hallelujah. And here's on divine timing to make that change, to make that move, to touch that young lady, to touch her. Yes, yes. Because yes. it could be something right. It could be something not right with the family. That's why he had moved. Hallelujah. That's all right, <laughs> but he's God. He's God. Yes, 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 yes. Waiting on it. <laughs> he's God. He moves in oh, his yeah. time. His and way. Yes, hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's still in the prime in the in the usefulness of her life, you know. Mm. And we we have children that's right behind her. We have children the same age as her. Mm-hmm. That can be in the same situation, but we don't know what their situation mm-hmm. is. So we're gonna lift them up as well because we don't know what our children are going through when we're not there. Oh no! Come on now, mama. The ones who the ones who are carrying the light towards mm. our family, the beings of light. We don't know what the enemy is doing behind those doors, Come behind on. those walls, with our children are in this world. Mm. When our children are in this world, at the age of doing things for themselves, the enemy can come in and sniff, sniff them and sweep. Yeah. So we got to be prepared for covering for them as well, because she's not the, she's a child, mm. and she has parents. God, Whitney's gone, but Bobby's there. But she had, we have, we are just the same. We got We might not have the stature and the fame that that, that child has. Mm-hmm. And we do have children the same age doing the same things that she's done. We don't know. We might not even know. But thank God for covering parents. Thank God for praying grandmothers. Like the son say, I had a praying grandmother, but a praying father, praying parents for our children. Because we don't know what the world is doing to them in our absence. So we continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for him, lift them up to God to cover them and give them the right mindset to, to, to do his will and not their own will and not somebody else's will. Do, their, do God's will. What would Jesus do? Yes, WWJD. That's what the children go by. Let them continue to use that if that what make, keeps them focused. <laughs> Instead of being political or something, some little show thing for, for the world, WWJD, you know, on the key chain, but still. What would Jesus do? Let our kids take that what would Jesus do mentality and everything that they do, every choice that they make, every situation that they be put in. 
My son comes in in the in in, in, the, in the nighttime and past twelve and comes to my room and don't and won't walk through my door because you know why? I can read his eyes. Don't want me to look him in the face. I know. I said you've been drinking. I said don't do that. I said, I mean, at least you're drinking and walking, but still, the <laughs> plan. But the fact still, man, he, I know he knows me. I can look him in his eyes and tell him that he's not, he's not, he's not right. We all know our children's walk. We all know it. But I lift him up because Bobby Christina is a, is the same age as our children. We can't keep them smothered and covered forever, but we can cover them in prayer. You know. I, I sent out a little post out on Facebook, and I've said it before, uh, when, with mothers and parents, you're going to hate me, <laughs> you're going to love me, you gotta, you know, you're going to hate me, love me, can't stand me, but I'm still going to be your parent. <laughs> you know, you're going to have those moments, those transitional moments of your youthfulness. It's going to cause you to want to hate me, dislike me, you know, but I, I, at the end of the day, I'm still a parent. But I thank God for, for Thank you, Sarah, for letting me pray for her. Because it opens up a whole uh, a door for our own children. Because my son, 21, Erica's out of 22, 21-year-old, 23-year-old, you know, you have more than 16, 17, 18. You have the children. They got, let me, that could be, that, our children be at Bobby Casino. You know? And I'm we, we, you know, 21. Huh? I'm 21. Well, you know what, Arthur? Add about 40 more. No. But anyway, you have your children <laughs> there, Arthur. You are a parent. You are the parent away from parents. You understand? Well, you know, it, according to the news, Bobby, not Bobby, um, what is his name? Johnny Gill spoke today for the family because, you know, they had the prayer mutual last night. Uh-huh. It said that, that, said that there, there is some signs of improvement, so we praise God for that, you know. Oh, yeah. So Let's thank God for that. For every, every little minute Toward a step towards a recovery, we give oh, yeah. praise to God for that. Oh yeah, thank God for that. Because I haven't, you know, I see the, I knew the visuals there, but I didn't know, you know, whether her condition has, you know, improved from bleak. But um, God is God. God ain't ready yet. You know what I'm saying? She, you know, when God has moved, <laughs> wait on God, not man hands. You know. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sam, for, for 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 letting me lift her up. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Because it opened up our own testimony about our own children. Because we, you know, we could have had our Bible Christina right here, on, right here in 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 this time. You know, but thank God that God plant let us continue to plant seeds in our children by our walk through what we do. Say our own walk. You know, they will see God through our walk, and then they be they'll convict themselves. Cause my son, I told you, well, I knew if I I knew if I did that, you'd have said this. Well, see, that's the way you think that I'm thinking of, because I'm gonna think the right way, not the wrong way, anyhow. So, you know, well, I know if I came to you and said this, you'd have said that. Oh yeah, you know I would have, bro. That's how Mama would do. You know. But we all have, we all, obviously you have so many children, and you have children from all walks of life that come through your path. So you have to, you know, hey, let your light shine so they'll ask that question like they continue to ask. Professor Arthur, <laughs> Mr. Richardson, 
God, they see the God in you. You know. And Eric, we ain't gonna talk about you. I know you got behind that behind that phone. We ain't gonna talk about you today. <laughs> that role model of a mother you are. Say what? I'm talking to Erica. Uh-huh. The role model of the mother she is. And her young women that she's raised, that she's raised and continuing to pour into them. I see that. We ain't got to talk about that. Preacher woman. <laughs> Reverend Minister <laughs> Chalkwell. Wait, Deacon Dr. Reverend Le- Pastor Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one right there. Because <laughs> we, talk, we talk a lot about purging. We have been in the past couple of weeks when we talk sometimes, purging ourselves. When God is in preparation, preparing us, he's going to purge us from the issues of what we think that's, that's, that's comfortable for us. He's going to purge us. I said, us, Erica. I said, us, Erica. Good morning. All right. Speaking of Batman, you ain't, I mean, Robin, you ain't going to leave Batman out there by herself. I said, us, Erica. <laughs> it's us. He purges us in preparation for what he has for us, all of us. In some form or fashion, we have to be purged. And when we go into that purging, it ain't comfortable. It ain't comfortable. It don't feel good. It don't feel good at all. And then you be asking the question, why, Lord? You know why. So why do you ask why? <laughs> Preparing me for greater. Did you hear me, Sam? Preparing us for greater. Mm-hmm. You want to get quiet now. You want to get quiet now. <laughs> you and Erica, baby, y'all sit on. No, I said us. Sam, I call your name, too. Erica, that's fine. I said, Sam, us. Preparing uh, us for greater. Uh, I said, listen, I said, when we go through the purge, let me repeat myself. Uh, so did I say us? When we when we purge, it don't feel good. It's a science. It feel... Not English. Uh-huh. I'm so a science teacher, not English. But you know what? I said, Arthur. I said, Arthur, uh, when, he, when he purges us, it don't feel good. It won't, you don't feel good. <laughs> But when he prays, he's preparing us. Did I not say that? Yes, sir. Sam. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Us is a big old word right there. Us. Whatever. <laughs> it's too le- Oh, you know what? <laughs> it's a two letter word that has powerful meaning. Us. <laughs> I don't mean just one. It's just us. But anyway, I'm going to get off the I'm going to go on. Let me do my list, Alpha, and then you can do your prayer if you want to do it. I want to hear you pray today. But anyway, well, I love it. You took up all the time. I'm going to get out the car. Go ahead and pray, Alpha. I can't you, because now I got to get on the clock. I got my duty. You know what? Well, why did you even say something when I was... Because you, know you, was, you was in your prime moment, baby, honey. I had to go to the on. You know, you know... <laughs> If you don't get 45 minutes, you ain't going to get one. I'm going to play. You know what? I'm, listen here. I'm, listen here. I'm late. It's funny, Sam. That's funny. Come back on mute. Your name is Maria Sinkful, baby. Who's that? Who's that? But I think I got a minute. I can go on and lift us up right there. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, it's always a privilege to come before your throne of grace and mercy, Lord God, mm-hmm. For your wills and what your way. Father God, we come, Lord God, pressing towards the mark of a higher calling. Because, Father God, you have given us a charge to keep, each and let every one of us a charge to keep 
we all have, Lord God, and that's to glorify and edify your holy and your righteous name. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that we're able to come together, Lord God, to seek you for wisdom, knowledge, grace, and mercy, for directions, Lord God. For even as Romans 8 and 28 tells us, Lord, and this we know. Then all things work to the good of them that love the Lord and who is called according to your purpose. Hallelujah. Lord God. So, Father God, you have chosen us for a purpose, for a meaning, oh, for yes. a purpose, for walk, Lord God, to glorify your name, to fill in the gap for those who do not know that we are praying for them. Father God, we just come, Lord God, lifting up our families, our friends, our neighbors, even our own selves, Lord God, before your throne, Lord God, that you will take yes. over control of this day and that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us throughout this this is our journey, Lord God. Father God, as we build our houses, Lord God, we're not building the most secret sand, Father God. We're digging deeper into the earth as we hit that solid oh, rock, yes. the word, Lord God. The word which we all can stand on, Lord God. We're not building up. We're building down deeper so that our foundations will be can stand any storm, any test or trial that comes before our way. Yes, Lord, yes, yes, you yes, have yes. us already in the palm of your hand. Father God, get the glory and the praise of this, out of this call. Get the glory and the praise of all of those who are assembled together to worship your holy and righteous name. Yes, yes, Father yes. God, we ask you to order our steps, order name, our feet, our tongue, and our directions, Lord God. Right our faith will call to you, Lord God, for your word right will not fail, Lord God. So your word teaches us, Lord God, that anything that we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, name, so, and believe and have faith to believe that it's going to be done, it will come to pass. In Jesus' name, yes, we yes. pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Thank yes. you, Arthur. Amen. Amen. You have that charge. You, you have a you have a calling. So I dare not come in and, and, and break up your praise. I ain't got no <laughs> calling. I'm just. I'm just praising and worshiping my Lord and saying that I don't care if it was Felicia. Felicia was speaking, I'm not going to break her up because she <laughs> has a calling. If it's Sam, I'm not going to break them up because the Lord placed it on their heart to speak those oh, yeah. words. And what can I do but be patient and wait? For oh, my Lord, time, what can I do? You know, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to rush into this thing hastily and not yes. have the word yes. God to get to yeah. the ball roll. Say it, say it, yes. say it. Yes. What shall I do? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Lord, what should I do? I'm going to Thank wait. You. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah. Wait on him. <laughs> wait. Don't rush into his head. What's the offer? Hastily. <laughs> I'm not going to rush hastily. No, I'm going to wait. Mm-mm. Oh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. When I get permission to enter then, I will enter in. All right, all right now. Lord, I got a mismatch in these house. Ain't that something? I'm going to pull these numbers oh. off. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet you one brown or one black. Yes, I'm going to shut the door. <laughs> shut the front door. Yes, it is. I had to look down. You know, I had, you know, I don't dress in the dark, but they are both dark, though, for real. Well, this has happened to me twice. One time it happened when I went to church, and one time when I came to work, all the way up here to work, I had a mismatch shoe. Oh, wow. See that? Now, you see, that's what you get for what, buying the same Stacey Adams all the time. You buy those Stacey's, and then you're looking all crazy because you got two different shoes on. 
when you buy when you buy when, when you buy nothing but black shoes and you know they black and all you just oh your feet are worn and it's getting right that day. I quit. I turned around when I got to work last December. I had on mismatched shoes. I said I got to go home. They said why? I said I got on mismatched shoes. They said we never known if you had to look. I said but I'm going back home to change shoes. Then anyway, I drove all the way back home, changed shoes, came back to work. No, you did. No, you yes, did. Did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And what? 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 Are you serious right now? God, I speak the truth, baby. I tell you nothing but the truth. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. Oh, Jesus. You pull your pantyhose off, I can change my shoes. Oh, yeah, I can pull my boo. I'm going to pull these out. Uh-uh, this is a fashion no-no. And even though my shoes cover the posture, the, uh, most of the knee-high, I, I don't think so. When I sit up, them pants going to rise up. <coughs> and I ain't the one. <laughs> I ain't the one. Unless I stop at the store. Well, I see the thing is on. I'm pressed for time to stop, even stop to get some. Get some. Yeah, I'm pressed. But anyway, Erica, I know she's on. Whenever you feel your feet getting cold, babe, just have a hot flash. You know you're of that age now. You can do uh, that. Oh, no, uh, don't get it twisted, boo, because <laughs> mother don't flash. Don't even get it twisted. I'm going to go ahead and leave my little list because I missed my list. Hallelujah to your name, dear Jesus. Hear my cry, oh God. Hear my cry. Attend it to my prayers. From the end of the earth would I call out to thee. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as I bow before your father, God, I I lift up the sick and shut in, God. We all have those ailments in our bodies right now. I'm going to call them ailments because they're not sicknesses. They're just ailments that's going to be there for a minute time, God. Because we know when we, when we get downtrodden and beaten by this worldly, worldly diagnosis, God, we, ask, we give it to you to heal. So I know that it's just an ailment, God. But right now there are some people out there with sicknesses and diseases, God, that I right now lift them up to you, God, that, that need that, that divine healing from your powerful hand, God. So right now, I lift up the sick and shut in. I speak restoration. I speak healing. I speak deliverance into this atmosphere, God. I speak peace. I speak transition right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way, God, in their lives. Have your way, God, and use them, God to be the living sanctuaries right now in the name of Jesus. Speaking into the atmosphere for all who hear, for all who don't hear, God, I speak it right now in the name of Jesus, and I do surrender this prayer to you and say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. But thank you, Jesus, for, for letting us lift, lift up and not tear down today. Hallelujah. Peace and every day. Why do I talk so I would for edify? <laughs> Let the words of our mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, i got to get on up to this office here. I'm on time today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for being on time. Because he's on time, God. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, on time, God. Yes, he is. Just say he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. <laughs> it's an on time God. Yes, he is. 
Y'all have a blessed day. I'm gonna go on in here and get my make my rub my two nickels together. <laughs> Be blessed and I love y'all. Amen. Anybody else want to do that list before I start on mine? I got to go get mine. <clears throat> okay, we're going to have to hold up till I go get my list then. Missing two kittens. Anybody seen them? I don't know where they disappeared to.
Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Miss Renee. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Learning good lessons yesterday? I learned any good lessons yesterday. Yeah? Mm. Mm, nothing stuck out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You learned any good lessons yesterday? Yeah, I did. What's that? Okay, I went to go pay on some bills. Down there, I was getting real pretty, but I only had to pay on two. And then I was able to um, save a payment. Oh, okay. And in that, I was able to, because if I'd done the three payments, I only would have had $7 to my name. <laughs> So since, so since I um so since I was given a reprieve on one of them, then I was able to go ahead and um buy a little bit more food to bring back home. Two, I ran into an old family friend, and she was able to give me a ride home from the store. And then she was telling me she was getting ready to open up um, an emergency housing um, foundation. Oh, okay. And was asking me if I would be willing to come over and help her do some of the stuff. She also runs um, two daycares. So I told her that, that we might be needing her services for that. I mean, so out of that, those are some pretty good things that came out of yesterday. Oh, and then she told me that um, she's one of my uh, Facebook friends. Because I try to keep my Facebook um, positive. Uh Uh-huh. So it's with a lot of uplifting sayings and also scriptures that I post on my um, page. And so she had told me, thank you so much for the um, the inspiration from my my Facebook page. Oh, okay. That it helps her her out a lot to see somebody, you know, being more uplifting instead of putting all their personal business on there and nonsense and all the other craziness that people put on Facebook. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to get a notebook at each day. Because um, I was at odds if I was going to go ahead and write down the pros and the cons. But then I thought about it. I said, maybe I should just write down the pros. At least that way I know by the end of the day, you know, I saw... You know, just like a um, gold miner mining for gold, they may not come across that big nut gold nugget, but they may come across um, some of the settlements, settlement or either 
some of the other little fragments from it. And then also in doing that, you know, since I'm looking more of what, you know, more of what matters and staying focused, the dirt may come a little bit more, but um, but at least I'm keeping, but at least I'm training myself to stay more on focus on what God wants me to do. And I had just came over um, a post the other day saying that in order for a seed to grow, it's got to have dirt. start with Maxine. That's what I started to do yesterday. Still didn't do it. Italian family. 
And she's driving, and we, me and you are going inside. Yeah, I'm going. All right. You're right. That's why I'm going, so we can, don't have to pay the fee. Italian. And about Hambroca should go say, did 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 go say, Lisa Jones, from Jerry Way Jr., Georgie Cotton, Lisa Jones, Robert Dublay, Tristan Hardy, Stephanie Butler, Gary Michael Drake, Humbushi, the Sisha, the Sandra Gosisha, 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 the Sandra Lady in the parking lot. 
Mario Shini Callaway, Shirokos, Rakanda, Shirokosadara, Mushirokosarakosa, Moroka, Shakasa, Hoshide Shirakasa, Shakasa. Okay, Jan de Jan, Patricia Arnold, Humbro Jamil in the King's hand is the Zambrosh, the Gassandra, Chica. 
Jeffrey and North Street, Cassandra, Lucia, Shoka. Rose Chavis and family, Sam Smith and family, Ware family, Fan Marie's family, Virgil Bass, Jason Allison, Patrick Hollis Davis, Wesley Dane Sims, Renew, meeting on that, Nate outside the church on that, my tennis, Lady Lori Mitchell, too, Sir May, Jane Haley, Summer Lab, Veronica Jackson, Spring Alexander, Reggie Moore's father, Lori Hartsfield, Lisa Brown, Veronica Alexander, Ted Love, Andrew Everett, Jackie Dunn, Deacon Chuck, Deborah, Pam Scott, Brenda, Paul, Verdell and Edgar Thomas, the Clan and Strong family, David Orr Thornton, Gil and Earl Hart, Arthur Richardson, Sandra Walson, Ursula. You Maria Burr's cheering. Humboko Rashida Gasinder Gasinder Saka. Roba did a Gasinder 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 Morgan Farley, Broker should go to the Ashley Gosset, for a book ride, the Shilgo Sedes, the Gosander Gosilaganda, for a book should go send the Gosilaganda, the Gosedes, the Gosar, Shogosa, Shokasa. Capri Lacour, Hora should go send the Gosil Gosset, the Gosilagranda, the Gosilagranda, Gosilagasso, Shilagasa, Shilagosa, Seracasa. Here I shall. Homebrook should go send the Gosset, the Gosset, the Gosar, Horrible should go send the Gosaranda, the Gosessa, Shilagasa, for a baka, Shokosa. Chrissy, Shanice, and Tisa. Victor. Well, Brianna Logi, Shilkosilkasa, 
Put a Bronco, should I go say? Shaka. Amber and Brianna. Honda will go see the Ganda, should I go say? Should I say? Honda will go see the Gasita, 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 I've been looked upstairs, bad from everywhere else. This one for the church. Mm-hmm. Not for here. The one's for in here. It's upstairs. All right. Amber and Brianna, Hunter, go to Teresa. Humboshi, go Sandra, go Sandra, go Sandra, go Sandra. Horoboshi, go Sandra, go Sandra, go Sandra. Horosa, Sakasa. Kayla Boyle, Hunter, go Sandra, 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 go Sarah Thompson, hundred go to the Gander, go to the Gandash, 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 go Benjamin Bedenfield, People in the gifting class. Shundur go see the ganda. Shundur go send it. Go send it. Go send it. Go send it. Go send. Horabasa shakasa. See the refuge. Shundur go see the ganda. Shundur go send it. Go send. Watch out, cat. Horashi go send it. Watch out, cat. Horashi go send it. 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 Go send. Horabasa shakasa. CFL. Horabashi go send it. 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 Go send. Horabaka shakasa. Reginald Foster, Horabush, go sit, 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 Helpmates, Humbro Koshi to go say, did go say, should go say, Humbro Koshi to go say, should go Sandra go say, Shogosa, Shakasa. Rose Johnson, Shandra go to the guy, should go say, should go say, should go say, should go say, go say, should go say, Jonathan Dunlap, Boshi to Gosage, the Gosheta Kanda, Hoka, Shugosha, the Gosheta Kanda, Hoka, Shugosha, the Kanda. 
Travis Crockett, Hombroko Shiga Sandu Gosiraganda, Hoboko Shiga Sandu Gosiraganda, Hoka Shiga Shiga Sandu Gosiraga, Shokosa. Larry Song, Broshiga Sandu Gosiraga, Oshiga Sandu Gosanda, Hoko Shiga Shiga Sanda, Shokosa. Steady Vostek, so Roshiga Sandu Gosiraganda, Oroshiga Shiga Sandu Gosanda, Oroshiga Sandu Gosanda, Shokosa. Rosemore, her bush to go set to go to go sanda, or I should go set to go to go sanda, or I should go set to go sanda. My parents, her bush to go set to go sanda, or I should go set to go sanda. City of Atlanta, humble question to go sanda, go set, humble question to go set to go sanda, go to the Kanda. Mom Regina, humble Rosen Hospital in the community. Shandrush to go to the Gassandra goes to the Ganda. Horosh to go to the Ganda. Horosh to go to the what else we got to do? Um, abuse, addiction, congregations and churches, prisoners, deceased and hospice, pressure, communities, and the family. Why don't you do one, Renee? Do one or two or three or four or five or six or seven of them. Got prisoners, deceased in hospice, congregation in churches, abuse, addiction, missionaries. I do missionaries. All right. Okay. Lord, as we come together under your son, Jesus Christ, we pray for missionaries. Going out to spread your word. Lord, send protected angels out for them. For whatever land they tread on, let their word be a light upon their feet. And also let there be a protective angel to protect them from any harm or danger. Lord, you have a simple plan for us as well as the missionaries to go out and to let the people know about you. To get to know you, build a relationship with you, and know that you are true to your word. Lord, as they go forth, give them the hand, the heart, the word, and all, most of all, the caring and compassion for whoever may come their way that may need a word from you. As we go forth, we already know for the list that we're praying for today, for your word to make a change, quietly but honestly, we're all connected to that. 
the Lord, let your word break the chains of mind that's in prison and evil and wrongdoing. And let them get a taste of your word and your compassion and your love and your favor and grace. Lord, let more people come and do the ministry because it's just passing on ministry in your word. So, Lord, fully equip us today to go out and I'll be missionaries under your word, your will, your grace, your favor, your love. In the, son, in the name of your son, Jesus, amen. We got the um, deceased in hospice, congregation churches, prisoners. I do prisoners. Horo boshite the captives free. Those who are in bondage to the systems of the world. Those who are bondage behind bars, those who are bondage in the set the captives free. But true freedom comes in and through the word, Lord. To your word, Father. So they can be free and free indeed. Walking in the grace and the mercy that is available to them. Should have gone, should have got that. Should have gone, should have Grab hold of them, Lord. Should have gone and keep them. Should have gone, should have got them in perfect peace. Should have as you don't go to love on them. Should have gone, you heal them. Should have minister to them. Should have gone, should have keep them, Lord. Should have gone, should have as you go to continue to grow them up in you. Keep them, Lord. Rub on, should have gone, said it, go, 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 for your divine purposes, Lord. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name itself. Amen. So that's prisoners, that's missionaries. What's your missionary? That's what I'm saying. We just did those two, so I'm trying to see. We got deceased in hospice. We got. Ouch, I just cut myself. Deceased in hospice. Um. Congregations and churches, abuse and addiction, and friendships and ministries in the family. So pick and choose which one you want to do. Congregation, churches, season hospice, abuse, addiction, friendships and ministries in the family. Okay. Um, I do congregations and churches. So we don't smoke. Huh? I said, okie dokie, Smokey. That's like Greasy Sneezy. You said what? Greasy Sneezy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lord, as we come together to pray under your son, Jesus the Christ, for congregation of church. Lord, as we go forth in your will, you look at us to be your bride as you being our groomsman. Lord, send out angels. Also infuse us with extra power 
to get through and to get these people to acknowledge your goodness and the true meaning and understanding of your word. There's a lot of people around here claiming they're looking for love, and there's this in the and, and the same is going in all the wrong places. I heard this morning about one person's stance on same-sex marriages. He said, God didn't make man and man to be together, didn't make for a woman and woman to be together. He made for man and woman to be together. And for them to push this so-called pagan law, what's going to be next? For man to marry his, 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 his favorite animal or either to marry his offspring? I mean, when when is it going to stop? We already see that for the ones who, who know and meditate in your word, and even some of these other people that's going awry, they know that this is not right, but they're following man. Lord, we pray for all of them to open their eyes and look towards you. You are the creator of all of us, not man. You made man to be vessels to help your creation to come forth upon this earth. But, Lord, let's get these people back to a better way of thinking for what you had meant it to be. The sooner that we get people to realize that it's up to us to get ourselves in line in order to line up with your word, It'll be a beautiful thing. So, Lord, where our minds are so much scattered, let them come together. I pray that you take out the garbage and to let them allow the good stuff to come in. And that is a better understanding of your word. For once you get the better understanding of your word, congregations can come together, congregations come together, it starts to show a more stellar of your church. Lord, as I pray, I pray to congregation and churches to have a mindset for what you meant for it to be, and that is to come together as one body and be a glorified bride when you come back. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna lift up abuse and addictions. Father, I wanna lift up those who are abused. And those who are addicted, and we got left this pressure to ministries and their families. Let's list up our precious ministries. Shall I go to the Ganda? Should I go to the Sisha? Should I go to the South? 
Tonight, that's some of that radiance of the sun to give me that energy, to give me that power. <laughs> Cat looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I found the two missing kittens. What? What were they? Um, we got a um. Um, a little thing. They were all the way in the back of a like a little cat den or something. Oh, so did they wander away? Did she put them back there? No, they're getting out the box on their own now. So. Oh okay. Uh, looks like it's my ride, so I'm probably getting ready to get up out of Dodge. So I'm gonna shift phones. Okay. And get this channel back on here where it's supposed to be. thoughts, you must leave anxiety attacks, insomnia. You're going to sleep sweeter tonight than you've ever slept in your entire life because the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep...
Change phones. Um, I do the reading when I get in the car. If anybody got a prayer or something they want to go ahead and do, go right ahead.
Hey, you still there? Sam? Anybody there? Hello?
right, I'm back. Anybody here? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Anybody here? All right, I'm going to read today's lesson. And it's going to start with salvation. The death entered the world through the fall of man. Think uh touched on that. Okay. Death entered the world through the fall of man. Reference here is to spiritual death, which separates man from God. Through sin it came in the beginning, and so has it ever come since then. Death always comes through sin. Note what Romans five twelve tells us about this matter. First, that sin came into the world through one man. Adam sinned and introduced sin into the world. Second, that death came into the world through sin. Death is sin's unchanging result. And lastly, that therefore death spread to all men because all men sinned. Not merely has death spread to or passed upon all men, but literally to all men the death did pass through. Death has permeated the spirit, soul, and body of all men. There's no part of a human being to which it has not found its way. It's therefore imperative that man receive God's life. The way salvation cannot be in human reform, but death is irreparable. Sin must be judged before there can be rescue out of death. Exactly this is what has been provided by the salvation of the Lord Jesus. I think I read this. And you might just get it again even if I did. Y'all need to just keep up with stuff better. I'll be trying to tell y'all. Y'all just don't pay me no attention. Anyway, the man who sins must die. This is announced in the Bible. No animal, no angel can suffer the penalty of sin in man's stead. It is man's triune nature which sins. Therefore, it is man who must die. Only humanity can atone for humanity. But because sin is in, in humanity, because, but because sin is in his humanity, Man's own death cannot atone for his sin. The Lord Jesus came and took human nature upon himself in order that he might be judged instead of humanity. Untainted by sin, this holy human nature could therefore, therefore through death atone for sinful humanity. He died a substitute, suffered for all penalty of sin, and offered his life as a ransom for many. Consequently, whoever believes on him shall be judged no more. John 5 and 24. When the Word became flesh, he included all flesh in himself. As the action of one man, Adam, represents the action of all mankind, so the work of one man, Christ, represents the work of all. We must see how inclusive Christ is before we can understand what redemption is. Why is it that the sin of one man, Adam, is judged to be the sin of all men, both present and past? Because Adam is humanity's head from whom all other men have come into the world. Summarily, the obedience of one man, Christ, becomes the righteousness of many, both of the present and the past, inasmuch as Christ constitutes the head of a new mankind entered into by a new birth. What is it in Hebrews 7 may illustrate this point? To prove that the priesthood of Melchizedek is greater than the priesthood of Levi, the writer reminds his reader that Abraham once offered a tithe to Melchizedek and received from him a blessing that so included that Abraham's tithe offering and blessing with Levi. How? Because he, Levi, was still in the loins of his ancestor Abraham. 
when Melchizedek met him, verse 10. We know that Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac Jacob, and Jacob Levi. Levi was Abraham's great-grandson. When Abraham offered the tithe and received a blessing, Levi was not yet born, nor even were his father and grandfather. Yet the Bible considered Abraham's tithe and blessing of Levi. Inasmuch as Abraham is less than Melchizedek, Levi, too, is of less count than Melchizedek. This incident can help us to understand why Adam's sin is construed to be the sin of all men and why the judgment upon Christ is counted as judgment for all. It is simply because at the time Adam sinned, all men were presently in his loins. Likewise, when Christ was judged, all who would be regenerated were present in Christ. His judgment is hence taken as their judgment, and all who have believed in Christ should no longer be judged. Since humanity must be judged, the Son of God, even the man Jesus Christ, suffered in his spirit, soul, and body on the cross for the sins of all the world. Let us first consider his physical sufferings. Man sins through his body and therefore enjoys the temporary pleasure of sin. The body must accordingly be the recipient of punishment. Who can fathom the physical sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross? Are not Christ's sufferings in the body clearly foretold in the Messianic writing? They have pierced my hands and feet, Psalms 22 and 16. The prophet Zechariah called attention to him whom they have pierced, 12 and 10. His hands, his feet, his brow, his side, his heart were all pierced by men, pierced by sinful humanity, and pierced for sinful humanity. Many were his wounds on high and ran his fever, for with the weight of his whole body hanging unsupported by the cross, his blood could not circulate freely. He was extremely thirsty and therefore cried out, My tongue cleaves to my jaws, for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Psalms 22, 15, 69, and 21. The hands must be nailed, for they love to sin. The mouth must suffer, for it loves to sin. The feet must be pierced, for they love to sin. The brow must be crowned with a thorny crown, for it too loves to sin. All that the human body needed to suffer was executed upon his body. Thus he suffered physically even to death. It was within his power to escape these sufferings, yet he willingly offered his body to endure immeasurable trials and pains, never for a moment shrinking back until he knew that all was now finished, John 19 and 28. Only then did he dismiss his spirit. Not his body only, his soul suffered as well. The soul is the organ of self-consciousness. Before being crucified, Christ was a minister of wine mingled with myrrh as a sedative to alleviate pain, but he refused that he was not willing to lose his consciousness. Human souls have fully enjoyed the pleasures of sins. Accordingly, in his soul, Jesus would endure the pain of sins. He would rather drink the cup given him by his God than the cup which numbed consciousness. How shameful is the punishment of the cross. It was used to execute resident runaway slaves. A slave had neither property nor rights. His body belonged to his master. He could therefore be punished for the most shameful cross. The Lord Jesus took the place of the slave and was crucified. Isaiah called him the servant. Paul said he took the form of a slave. Yes, as a slave, he came to rescue us who are subject to the lifelong bondage of sin and Satan. We are slaves to passion, temper, habit, and the world. We are sold to sin. Yet he died because of our slavery and bore our entire shame. The Bible records that the soldiers took the garments of the Lord Jesus. He was nearly naked when crucified. This is one of the shames of the cross. Sin takes our radiant garment away and renders us naked. Our Lord was stripped bare before Pilate and again on Calvary. How would his holy soul react to such abuse? Would it not insult the holiness of his personality and cover him with shamefulness? 
who can enter into his feeling of that tragic moment? Because every man had enjoyed the apparent glory of sin, so must the Savior endure the real shame of sin. Truly, thou, God, hast covered him with shame, with which thy enemies taunt, O Lord, with which they mock the footsteps of thy anointed. He nonetheless endured the cross, despising the shame. That's Psalms 89, 45, 51, and Hebrews 12 and 2. No one can ever ascertain how fully the soul of the Savior suffered on the cross. We often contemplate his physical suffering, but overlook the feeling of his soul. A week before the Passover, he was heard to mention, Now is my soul troubled, John 12 and 27. This points to the cross. While in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was again heard to say, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death, Matthew 26 and 38. Were it not for these words, we would hardly think that his soul has suffered. Isaiah 53 mentions thrice how his soul was made an offering for sin, how his soul travailed, and how he poured out his soul to death, verses 10 and 12. Because Jesus bore the curse of the shame of the cross, whoever believes in him should no more be cursed and put to shame. His spirit too suffered immensely. The spirit is that part of man which equips him to commune with God. The Son of God was holy, blameless, unstained, separated from sinners, his spirit was united with the Holy Spirit in perfect oneness. Never did there exist a moment of disturbance and doubt, for he always had God's presence with him. It is not I alone, declared Jesus, but I and he who sent me, and not and he who sent me is with me, John eight, sixteen and twenty nine. For this reason he could pray, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, John eleven, forty one through forty two. Nevertheless, while he hung on the cross, and there ever was a day when the Son of God desperately needed the presence of God, it must be that day. He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27 and 46. His spirit was split asunder from God. How intensely he felt the loneliness, the desertion, the separation. The Son was still yielding. The Son was still obeying the will of the Father God, yet the Son was forsaken not for his own sake, but for the sake of others. Sin affects most deeply the spirits. Consequently, holy as the Son of God was, still he had to be wrenched away from the Father because he bore the sin of others. It is true that in the countless days of eternity past, I and the Father are one, John 10 and 30. Even during his days of earthly sojourn, this remained true. For his humanity could not be a cause of separation from God. Sin alone could separate, even though that sin be the sin of others. Jesus suffered this spiritual separation for us in order that our spirit could return to God. When he surveyed the death of Lazarus, Jesus might have been thinking of his own approaching death, and so he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled, John eleven thirty three. Upon announcing that he would be betrayed and die on the cross, he again troubled in spirit, John 13 and 21. This tells us why. When he received God's judgment on Calvary, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? For I think of God and I moan. I meditate my spirit faint. Matthew 27 and 46. Echoing Psalms 22 and 1, Psalms 77 and 3. He was deprived of the mighty strengthening through the Holy Spirit in his spirit. Ephesians 3 and 16. Because his spirit was torn away from the spirit of God. Therefore he sighed. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast, and my strength is dried up like a posture, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. Thou dost lay me in the dust of death. 
Psalms 22, 14 through 15. On the one side, the Holy Spirit of God deserted him on the other. On one side, the Holy Spirit of God deserted him. On the other, the evil spirit of Satan mocked him. It seems apparent that Psalms 22, 11 through 13 refers to this phase. Be not far from me. There is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouth at me like a ravening, roaring lion. His spirit endured God's desertion on the one side and resisted the evil spirit derision on the other. Man's human spirit has so separated itself from God, exalted itself, and followed the evil spirit, that man's spirit must be totally broken in order that it may no longer resist God or remain allied with the enemy. The Lord Jesus became sin for us on the cross. His inner holy humanity was completely smashed as God passed judgment upon unholy humanity. Forsaken by God, Christ thus suffered sin's bitterest pain, enduring in darkness the punitive wrath of God on sin without the support of the love of God or the light of his countenance. To be forsaken by God is a consequence of sin. Now our sinful humanity has been judged completely because it was judged in the sinless humanity of the Lord Jesus. In him, Holy humanity has won his victory. Whatever judgment should come upon the body, soul, and spirit of sinners has been poured upon him. He is our representative. By faith, we are joined to him. His death is reckoned as our death, and his judgment is our judgment. Our spirit, soul, and body have altogether been judged and penalized in him. It would not be any different had we been punished in person. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8 and 1. This is what he has accomplished for us, and such is now our standing before God. But he who has died is free from sin, Romans 6 and 7. Positionally, we already have died in the Lord Jesus. It only awaits the Holy Spirit to translate this fact into our experience. The cross is where the sinner, spirit, soul, and body is altogether judged. It is through the death and resurrection of the Lord that the Holy Spirit of God is able to impart God's nature to us. The cross bears the sinner's judgment, proclaims the sinner's worthlessness, crucifies the sinner, and releases the life of our Lord Jesus. Henceforth, anyone who accepts the cross should be born anew by the Holy Spirit and receive the life of the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to mark it this time so I know why I stopped that. Okay. Amen. All righty then. Some of that I read before. Some of that um, I hadn't. I'm just going to go back over some of it. So death entered through the world through the fall of man. Something I wanted to touch on. It says, the man who sins must die. This is announced in the Bible. Oh, okay. No animal, no angel can suffer the penalty of sin in man's stead. It is man's triune nature which sins, therefore it is man who must die. Only humanity can atone for humanity. But because sin is in his humanity, man's own death cannot atone for his sin. The Lord Jesus came and took human nature upon himself, ordered that he might be judged instead of humanity. Untainted by sin, his humbly nature could therefore, through death, atone for sin for humanity. He died as a substitute, suffered all penalty of sin, and offered his life as a ransom for many. Consequently, whoever believes on him shall be judged no more. So basically, we said the only thing that could atone for sin was death. 
but because the sin, when we, it's, it's, it's in our body, it's in our spirit and our soul, it's in all aspects of it, and that we couldn't die for ourselves. Because remember before there was always sacrifices of animals and goats and whatever, and so when but that was a substitute. So a man had to sit, a man had to die for man. But when we died because we're sinful, there was no, there was no, there was no um, reparation. There was no healing. There was no atonement for sin. Because when we die, we're dead. We're dead for an eternity. But because Jesus died, but see, he was sinless. And see, that's what we need to understand is because he was sinless. And see, that's what separates us from other religions, where they had their gods, their Buddhas, or whatever else they're worshiping. Jesus atoned for us through himself. He came, he was sinless. So when he died, he was therefore illegally there. Therefore, God could raise him back up. In all the other religions, there is no Jesus. That's why it's religion. And that's the difference between it. So some somebody had to die. Somebody had to die. Jesus died, but he was sinless. So he atoned for us, and that's the purpose. Somebody had to die. Something had to die. Animals and bulls was just a substitute. Well, Jesus became a substitute, but he became our substitute. So a human died for human, and that was the important part that we need to understand. And so the word became flesh. He included all flesh in himself. As the action of one man represents the action of all mankind, so the work of one man, Christ, represents the work of all. Okay, see, we all in this situation and circumstance because Adam transgressed. Adam was disobedient. He wasn't He wasn't tricked. He wasn't deceived. Eve was deceived, and the word said that serpent beguiled me. Eve was deceived. Adam was not. Adam was standing right there. He wasn't blocks away. And Adam had a desire himself to eat of the tree of, of, of good and evil because he was right there so that desire was already with him. And that's actually why man, why God made woman because he began to see when he, God had all the animals, Adam began to long for something else outside of God. That's why he made him a woman. He went inside of man and put out the rib and made a woman because he saw he already saw man because of the flesh nature beginning, even in the, even in, even in its, in this state, he began to see man was beginning to pull away because of that flesh nature. So he made a woman, and it didn't make it any better. So Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. The serpent who beguiled me, that's what she said. Adam was standing right there, and Adam was the one who had the commandment. See, it wasn't when, see, when Eve ate of the fruit, nothing happened. See, see the serpent came and said, oh, you know, you, um, no, he, you're not going to die when you eat this. So Eve had a desire of it, so she ate. So Adam standing right there said, "Wow, she didn't die. Oh, you know what? Maybe God was lying. I mean, what you know, whatever His flesh was telling him, and the serpent was serpent was you know um, beating it. I mean, you know, hammering it in. And then even in the previous, we re- uh, looked at how um, we read about how the serpent. I don't know if I can find it. How he talked about how the serpent." hit on the pride, the three, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes, when he was really talking to Eve and was really speaking to her about and tempting her. So when Adam saw that Eve did not die, he was like, oh, wow, maybe God was on. Maybe so maybe he is trying to keep something from me. See, that flesh nature was already rearing his head. Maybe he's already trying to keep something from me, and I desire to eat of it, so I'm going to try. So, but he didn't understand that the death that he was going to suffer was not a physical death but it was a spiritual death. 
Because, see, when Eve ate of the fruit, nothing happened. When Adam ate of the fruit, then he said immediately their eyes were open. Not, you know, a day later or a while, a while later. No, immediately their eyes opened and they saw that they were naked. Adam transgressed God's commandment. And the commandment was given to God because in the hierarchy of things, that's how things are supposed to be. It's supposed to be God, man, and woman in the, in the proper order. Everything is perverted. Everything is out of, out, of, out of order in this world because, see, once Adam transgressed and he opened, he ate of the fruit, then immediately his eyes opened. Then sin entered into the world. Not that sin was not there. Sin was already present because it was present because of the fall. Remember, everything that we see now was recreated out of chaos out of the war, out of the fall war between the angels, from the fallen angels. So everything we're now walking, eating, and drinking is created, recreated out of chaos from the war. So sin entered into the world. It was already present because Satan, when he, when he, when he uh, rebelled against God, that's when sin came forth because he had a lust. In the other book, we talked about how he had a lust for the business of the transaction of in the kingdom of God, and, and that's began to, he began to become prideful, and he wanted to be like God. But that's a whole other topic when we're talking about money and the political systems of the world and how Satan, how that began his downfall. So, but anyway, so sin entered to the world. It was always like, just say, just it's like somebody outside your door, and they can't come in. But because you opened the door, which Adam did, they came right on in. And they've been walking around the house trying to get in. So Adam made it a fruit and sin entered into the world. So everything became perverted after that point. Therefore. And then it's talking question of what else do you want? I want to bring out of here. And so that was a point that on Jesus with the, uh, he came to judge sin. He came to atone for sin. He came to 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 repair us or to uh, get us back in right relationship from the first Adam. So the first Adam lost us. The second Adam, Christ, came and restored back with the, with the last Adam and lost. But, see, it was awful a plan because, see, once Adam is sinned, now the dominion of this planet had been given over to Satan. See, that's why the word says he's the prince of the power of the air because dominion of this planet, see, we were told to take take dominion of this planet. But once he did that, death entered, sin entered, and the key, the dominion was given over to Satan. So it was not only Jesus dying to, to re- regenerate it, he also had to die so he could go. It's like, you know, like I said, sin entered the world, like somebody comes to your house where they know they want to get in your house to take your goods, okay? And in the, in the middle of the house was a safe, and in the safe was the keys of hell and death. You had to die in order to get into hell to get the keys of death. Well, see, Satan didn't understand the fullness of God's plan. Again, that's why he's Satan. So Jesus' death was also necessary, not just to atone for our sins, but that he could go in hell and say, you know what, now it's time to up them keys, and he could not legally hold on to them. See, he legally obtained them, so you have to understand that God is a legalistic God. He has his own laws and his own rules and regulations, and he will not break his own laws. He is not a man that he would do such. So when Jesus died, it therefore, again, we talked about death, okay, and the body, okay, so he had to die so that he could go into hell and grab hold of the keys of hell and death because Adam had given him given dominion over to Satan. Okay. And then it talked about how he was shamed, shameful and, and because cause he was breaking down how Jesus suffered in all aspects, first his body, how he um, suffered in his soul, and how he suffered in the spirit. 
you know, I know I remember reading before how he didn't want to numb away the pain. And we, we pray for people with abusing addictions. Uh, addic- that's what we do a lot of times. We're trying to numb away the pain in this world, and, and we try to find, we all do it. I got my own vices. We all do it. We try to try to get away from this pain. But, see, Jesus did not want to get away from the pain. He was talking about his soul. See, in his soul, when they tried to give him the wine and with the mixed with the myrrh, that would have numbed it. That would he would have been high. In other words, that'd have been like taking some morphine or whatever. But he didn't. He chose not to be high because he wanted to suffer. He preferred to drink of the cup of God rather than to treat drink of the cup of man. And still trusting in his God to be able to give him all that's needed so he could endure the death of the cross. Again, because he knew it was necessary so that we could be restored back in our rightful position. So. Even in his soul being troubled, and we already in the physical sufferings of his body. Literally, the man was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He could have died. Then he was beat. That he was. He, they didn't even recognize his image. He was beat that that bad with the with the um with the cat and the nine tails. So his body suffered, and then they still made him drag drag the cross around. And he, so in all of that, his body suffered. And this talked about his soul. He was suffering in the soul and the spirit even before Cal. You know, it's talking about when the, when he was with Lazarus, he recognized he he soon would be at that point. When he was in, again, God is sending my spirit is trouble, my soul is trouble. So Jesus knew what was going on because see, he knew the word. He he did what we had to. He got, he studied, he read the word of God from a kid on up. Because he had to walk the walk the same exactly how we had to walk how we got to go through it. So he did the same thing. So he knew what was coming again, except that he was divinely not corrupt. We all have a, 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 a we have to. Overcome step by step, precept by precept, growing the anointing of Christ so that we can, um, so that we can, you know, become get closer to God. With that, that, and that aspect, there was never a break with Him because He was holy, He was pure. So He knew His death was imminent. He knew it was it was coming up, and He He could not pull away from it. So His soul was troubled, His spirit was troubled, even before Calvary, because He knew it was coming. And then it talked about how he was put to shame. He was beat up. He was put to shame. He was naked in front of everybody. It's just, you know, in all aspects of his life, he, he, he in all aspects, he, he endured and was not even his own fault. He endured for us, again, but it was necessary, and he was the only one who could do it. What else in there I want to touch on? Oh, that's a lot. I think I've stopped there. Okay. And I will say amen to what you just said. But isn't it um, ironic for where Adam stood behind Eve by watching Eve take the first bite? Mm-hmm. And then here it is, Jesus comes. So like you said, he has to die in order to go down to hell to get the keys back. Mm-hmm. But here it goes, for when he was getting beaten, he did something that no mere mortal can do. What mere mortal have you seen got beaten where he was unrecognizable and still had the strength mm-hmm. of Jesus? Right, right, right. Okay, right. and then I was just thinking, just think, if the disciples did catch on the way that Jesus was hoping that they would, if all of them had gotten up there and had sacrificed. Mm. 
that probably would have been that probably would have been a a much huger turning point. Mm. But with the twelve disciples being back here and claiming that they understood what Jesus was saying, but they didn't get the full just of it. Once he left here, okay, here he left back twelve men that can go forth and say to get people to understand what is sin and what you can do to be forgiven. Now, here it is. Jesus went and did something that no more, no mere mortal would want to do, and that is to go ahead and just totally sacrifice his whole life, even in the end. And the one thing that we always say that we're afraid of is death. Mm-hmm. And the devil knows this. So it's like, well, hey, um, I could put them to do this, that, and the other, and they'll go ahead and do it because they're too afraid of death. Mm-hmm. But Jesus took it on because he knew his focus, he knew his covering. He knew that he would be protected when he went in there to go retrieve the keys back. Mm-hmm. Now for, and this is what a lot of us, we tend to follow the crowd. And the person that's leading the crowd usually is somebody that's very flamboyant or either stand out, you know, really outstanding, let it be in their talk or either in their clothes or all of the above. And if you really look deep down inside of them, they're not as strong as what they provide themselves to be. But everybody in that crowd is looking for a miracle out of that person instead of looking for the miracle inside themselves. Mm. So with Jesus, he took it on, head on, to go in and meet the devil at that plateau once again where Adam and Eve met him at the tree. Okay, now Jesus went and met the devil on his turf and still wound up saying, hey, I came back here with rightfully mine. And until we can start learning to forgive others and ourselves, the devil knows that we're going to have us trapped in that vault with he wants what what you know once was how so as you were stating it's a mental thing it's it's a spiritual thing it's a mental thing, and like I told you the other day, it's amazing how a blind man can tell you more of his surroundings than a man that has a full sight. <clears throat> That's just interesting. Huh? I got interest, and that's a very good statement. Because we so beguiled by what we see, but are we truly seeing what we claim we see? <clears throat> well, it said the blind should lead them. Now, what did you say something about the blind? That wasn't it. It was um, that you have to become blind so that you can see. Right. Because for right now, we think that, okay, we give them the visuals, we have the taste, we have the smell, okay, and everything's working in balance. 
They let us lose one of those senses. The other ones get become more keener. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, this man that wrote this book, I know when I was reading the preface, that's one of the things with him. His health condition was um, not the best. Mm-hmm. So he, he was very weak and had a lot of ailments, but that's what made him tap more into his spiritual aspect of his life, and this is the result. You know, this book, is, I don't know how long, but this book is probably about two inches thick. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it's, and, and you can already see that with the readings that we're getting so far. So, you know, it's, it's you know, God and his infinite wisdom, it's, it's infinite. We We can never even begin to understand, but man always, wants to take the position of I know and I I know and I'm exact and you know, but you with God you you just gotta get to the point that you are that he is he is infallible and we're fallible. And again, even we reading the day talking about how your spirit must be broken and that's what man doesn't understand. You know, we're always trying to be in control. With God, you're gonna have to get to the point of recognizing no, he's the one that's in control. Right. So true. Uh, I have a cousin and her team. Um, she developed an eye disease that took the sight from that eye. So she has a glass eye. Mm. And a couple of years ago, she found that she had cancer in one of her breasts. So they wound up taking that breast. Mm. And what she had said was so good. She said, okay, as a kid, one of her eyes was taken. As an adult, one of her breasts was taken. But as far as she's standing with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, her spirit is still whole. Mm. Which was awesome. Now, what I have seen, too, and they've been pushing this a lot for women who uh, have breast cancer and then they overcome it. So now they got them getting tattoos. Mm, yeah, I've heard that or something like that. And then I thought about this. They made them up with makeup and given them tattoos. So what they've been reporting on lately is that it is over 200 different chemicals they take to make up. Um, make up a foundation that are carcinogens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, for some of the ink dye, you got to be careful with it because if it's not made by certain countries, certain countries just put anything together and the ink is more dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous to the point of if you try to get some medical tests, it may give you a false reading on those medical tests. Oh, wow. And that's just some of the stuff. So here it is. You just got in remission from breast cancer, but you're getting ready, to, but you're putting yourself back into harm's way again. Okay. And then it comes down to, it's like I was saying about fast food. It looks good. It tastes good. It smells good. But if you look at the ingredients in it and you understand every ingredient that went into it, would you still find that to be appetizing? Mm-hmm. And and then to put it on top of that, most people 
you know, just like with a smoker. Well, why are you smoking? You know, they say it messes up your lungs. Then there's one cliche you see. always hear people say, well, you know, you got to die from something. Die from something. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, now, uh, my dad kind of felt that way, too. He was a smoker and a drink. Mm-hmm. And I, as I told you, he had said that he wanted to die at home, so we let him die at home. And for the twists and turns he had went through before he left this earth, I'm sure he was regretting for him saying that statement. Mm. I mean, because to be as bold enough to say, well, you got to die from something, this is true. But for the ramifications of stuff that you're going to have to go through, because I even asked my dad, I said, okay, why are you sitting out there partying and having your fun? Um, now that it has you in the state that it has you in, was it worth it? <clears throat> He looked at me, he was like, how come you never start smoking? I said, for one, it messes with my sinuses. For two, I see how it's doing you all, so why would I want to follow suit? <laughs> and I said, I know you're asking me this because you're angry because you do see a person in front of you that didn't fall for it like you did. And see, and that's another thing that where the devil gets mad, and if you be in with the devil, you're going to get mad when you see somebody who says, well, I didn't say yes to that. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't say yes to that, you could have said no to it too. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with Eve taking that first bite of that apple, and then Adam's like, oh, well, that's what I saw. She took it, and ain't nothing happened to her. But everything that we see is not always the complete truth. Right, right. Not the full picture. You can see somebody dressed up. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're a millionaire. It just means they're wearing all their money on their back. <laughs> you see somebody for where you honestly think that they sing. They may, they may be totally insane. <clears throat> but until you take time to get to know that person, you can't honestly say what their inner spirit is. That's true. And if you keep going by, oh, well, they got on the old clothes, the clothes are torn, this, that, and the other. Um, okay. So if you see somebody like that, how about try to give them a hand, a, a, um, a hand up mm-hmm. <coughs> instead of a slump down? <laughs> I seen a lady when I was on my way out to go take care of some business yesterday. I was waiting on the bus, and she had, looked like a little one-year-old, a little girl was almost one. It was cold that day. My hands was cold. Mm. This, was, this girl did not have any gloves or mittens on this baby. So mm. I said, I know if my hands cold. Her hands really got to be cold. Okay. So... She walked on across the street and then was kind of acting standoffish. And then she went on to the other side of the street. And at that point, then she would have pulled out the baby's mittens and put them on her hand. Mm-hmm. So she's looking at me sideways like I'm a, a I ain't going to hurt nobody. But she's so busy trying to be so prissy that mm-hmm. um, she wanted to drop one of the baby's gloves. 
So I said, oh, you dropped one of her gloves. He said, oh, thank you. And he gets back on the bus. But Letty had been somebody that was totally within visual confirmation. And that might have been a pimp. It might have been a serial killer. And just like with the, um, it was was a saying my dad, I mean, my grandfather used to say. And that was, it was a story about the one that always wanted to meet always wanted to um, sit down and have supper with God. And every night she would pray that God would come and eat supper with her. Okay, so the next the next night there was a knock on the door and there was a homeless person. And they were just asking if she could spare a meal. And she said, no, get away from my door. I don't have time for you. Okay, another person comes up. He's on a bike. Oh, please, I ain't got time for you. So this is happening through the week, each night. Well, on that Saturday night, she had prayed to God again and said, well, God, I asked you to come and have supper with me, but you never showed. He said, oh, yeah, but my child, I did show. I showed many times, but every time I came, you shoot me away. He said, I can't see the homeless person. I can't see the person on the bike. I can't see you every day of the week, and you shoot me away. Okay. But, like I said, we get so we get so tangled up and play our other senses short just because of our sight. Hey, I'm about to, um, I got to get off because I got, I'm downtown. So yeah, oh, okay. and um, I just if I can get back on, I will. But I gotta get off the phone. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, talk to you later. Okay.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.